house. No, the right no, house. I did it. Get we want to talk to Marilyn Hack. I'm from Canada Water. Welcome to the This Had Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast ASMRing ourselves to sleep with the Focus Features intro. Every week on This Had Oscar Buzz, we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty Academy Award aspirations, but for some reason or another, it all went wrong. The Oscar hopes died, and we're here to perform the autopsy, except today we're going to give you a little uh, mini intro to our May miniseries on EW Movie Previews. I'm your host, Chris File. I'm here, as always, with uh, my... My fellow floating head above uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Cameron Diaz, Joe Reed. I am the suspiciously central Bridget Fonda to your rest of the cast of Jackie Brown. Uh, I think I'm probably the suspiciously <laughs> central fair, one to, fair. you know. Um, yeah. We're doing our new May miniseries. We are. I'm so excited for this one, Chris. This one... We it Came took to us, us late. <laughs> it took us a long while. Every once in a while, we finish an episode and we'd maybe talk some scheduling stuff, and we'd be like, "We should really like think, start really thinking about what the main miniseries is going to be." And it was like October, fine. Then it was January, fine. And then it was February, and it was like, "Well, we can, we better start like getting our shit together, figuring it out." Yeah, um, we met, we explained about this a little bit at the end of our Zookeeper's Wife episode, but um, we, whatever, we like a little retread. Um, yeah. This sort of was a for nice For those little... who don't listen to the very end, first of all, how dare you, shame on you. Jacques. Uh, <laughs> well, and also, you might be, you might miss something a little fun. Um, no, but that was a You're only getting half the story, episode. literally, if you stop watching, listening halfway through, so yeah. <laughs> If you don't listen to the outro music, you are only getting half the story. <laughs> it's true. How has Joe decided to uh, decompensate at this point of the uh, post-production? That's, let's see. Let's see what madness lies ahead in the outro song he chose. Did you have you I listened to feel the like? Have you have listened, listened to the to... Zookeeper episode yet, Chris? Not yet. I'm doing that as soon as we're done tonight. There's a nice little surprise waiting for you at the end. Is all I will say. I, I think I know what it is, and it better be there. Oh God! Um, what was I saying? No, you are you are only getting half the story if you don't listen to the IMDb game or such. Isn't that like where half of our jokes come from? Like our lingering jokes? Probably. It has yes. to be weird to people who don't know like what we mean when we joke about a month by the lake. That's true. That's true. What if the lake in question was uh, filled with Entertainment Weekly issues? Yes. Um, what if the lake in question was a floating head on an EW uh, fall movie preview? What if the lake... If you in- have Sandra Bullock, Denzel Washington, <laughs> Cameron Diaz, Salma Hayek, lake. Haunting. All of them haunting the lake. Yeah, at various yep. times. Yes. Um, but anyway, to retread the uh, the anecdote we passed along at the end of our Zookeeper's Wife episode, this whole idea kind of came to us in a roundabout. We were going to do a, just a regular, regular episode on Ransom. And you, Chris, uh, 
texted me the one day and were like, guess what was on the cover of EW's fall preview issue in 1996? It was Ransom. And so immediately I'm like, well, we have to talk about that. And (laughs) raced to eBay uh, to find an issue and uh, ordered it. And it was going to deliver itself to my apartment in New York City. But at the time I was visiting family in Buffalo for a while and that trip sort of got extended. And by the time we were going to record... I still wasn't going to have that issue in my hot little hand. So we, uh, you know, fudged the the order and moved things around a little bit. And then in that Everyone interim... Everyone was really curious what that Leslie Nielsen clue was. <laughs> Wait, what was it? Explain, explain that it one. Is, it is dirt simple. Ransom is a remake. Leslie Nielsen was in the original Ransom. Amazing. All right. Uh, would not have gotten that one. But again, I... I Again, I know the answers to a lot of those and and still don't always get them. Um, Anyway, so we pushed Ransom out. And in that meantime, we were still trying to figure out the main miniseries. And you, I'm pretty sure it was you, who was like, what if we just did EW uh, fall movie preview covers? And then we quickly realized that there weren't enough to fill a miniseries because we've done a few of them. We've done Random Hearts and we've done... um, we started out with one. We started out with Mona Lisa Mona Smile, Lisa which Smile. Was a holiday movie preview. And then most other fall movie preview covers get some sort of nomination or another, whether it's Jackie Brown or Castaway or Gangs of New York or, or uh, Master Especially and Commander. once you reach into the era that they started being constantly taken over by the Lord of... First it's Lord of the Rings, then you have Harry Potters, and yes, you have yes, yes. Twilights. You yes. know, that's just yes. basically what it kind of becomes. So we didn't, weren't going to be able to do a full mini on just fall movie preview covers, but uh, you then thought of what if we did all seasonal movie preview covers. So spring movie preview, summer movie preview, fall movie preview, holiday movie preview, do one of each. And then because there are five Mondays in May this year, uh, do a listener's choice. And that seemed perfect. So we spent an entire afternoon on eBay, like a couple of freaks, just being like, <laughs> just grabbing old issues of EW and putting them in our little cart. And I've got a Including stack. ones we don't need, where I'm like, Adam's Family was the cover of a holiday movie. Did you preview? grab that of one? Of course I'm but Yes, Amazing. I read it cover to cover. <laughs> so I'm looking at, I have a stack of like five or six of them now that um, uh, will be delving into so the idea is we'll talk about the movie in question as we always do but in addition we'll you know dig into the entertainment weekly issue it's a fairly timely uh, miniseries because just recently unfortunately it was announced that ew would be ceasing print uh, their print edition so this is a little bit of a tribute a um in memoriam <laughs> to a thing that every time we talk about old EW stuff on this podcast, I've talked about another podcast. I've talked about it on uh, a podcast like it's 1999. I was on there to talk about uh, the year end issue of EW there. And every time we talk about it, it's this real um, fortifying and, you know, this common touchstone that most of us movie freaks seem to have mm-hmm. of this thing that radicalized us in one way or another. And what better you know, way to pay tribute to that than to talk about a bunch of its uh, cover stories for the issues that I think you and I agree. These were always our favorites, the seasonal movie previews. Oh, 1000%. I mean, 
there's there's a sense of optimism in holding one of these things in your hand like i'm holding one of our episodes uh when i got it in the mail and it was like it was like this weird time capsule but still felt like uh this this like pure opportunity pure potential because it's Mm -hmm. listing all these movies and movies and movies in it you know um it's even like things that are hoped for that end up being bad or bombed or like some sometimes the real diamond in the rough is like when something gets moved like i remember having two different movie previews one which would have been summer and one which i believe would have been fall that both uh talked about moulin rouge oh yeah I think Gangs of New York was that way too, where uh, yeah. before that one got pushed out, it had uh, it had been touted. Yeah, um, and especially when we're talking about mid to late '90s, and I mean even in the early aughts, but it's mostly I feel like the '90s ones where we are talking about a time where information was not at our fingertips the way it is now. EW in in a lot right. of ways was. Our IMDb, our Gold Derby, our, you know, all the different places you go now on the internet to find information at the, at the you know, click of a, of a fingertip, you didn't have that then. And so EW, a lot of the times these movie preview issues were the first time you'd heard about a whole bunch of these things. So mm-hmm. um, really, truly very special and some really interesting movies. Uh, on the covers so uh including a, one or two where we you know are we maybe stretching the bounds of oscar buzz for a couple of these ones maybe but honestly worth it like this is our yes this is our little you know annual rumspringa and we are going to wild out in whatever way <laughs> we choose uh but like also at the same time like i i think it's formative for like you know that anticipation where it's like you talk about it might be the first time you hear of a movie like Shakespeare in Love or something. Yeah. But it also really kind of formed my mind around like a certain type of prestige celebrity in the way that a publication never really thought about. And that can also be like that can be an actor or an actress, but that can also be directors too. And like definitely reading through some of these you know back from like the heyday of them because like it's no secret that like ew in being that thing kind of died out for a lot of people who loved it yeah but uh it really did like form my mind not in just like what you should be anticipating but why like you know these uh, pieces that go along with these movies that are announced aren't necessarily like we talk about the like glamour spot of like oh this one gets to be the like big november one that gets the actual like editorial about it but what gets um, the big full page splash photo which one gets relegated to the also opening this month like there was some uh-huh. there was some politics in that there was some taste making in that and looking back at that kind of stuff from such a vantage point of like 20 years back or something like that is going to be very interesting so I mean, for example, speaking back to, like, one of our previous main miniseries, I know that we brought this up in the episode, but I remember that, like, the human stain got mm. the, like, big October slot, which, like, Why positioned that movie in a certain way. And and we'll be also talking about sort of, you know, tidbits from the issue as a whole. 
and, you know, little time capsule stuff, which I find pretty irresistible. And, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot going on in any given issue of Entertainment Weekly. There were big stories, there was deal-making stuff, there were capsule reviews, there was, you know, jokey stuff, there was the the Shaw report, there was, um, uh, oh, fucking the hot list, Jim Mullen's hot list, good God. Um, whatever Bullseye the- eventually. Right, right. Um, so the lot- critics get grid, which was basically the like first yes. Rotten Tomatoes. This is the thing. It took an internet with like a the many headed hydra of the internet to replace what EW was giving us because you know Rotten Tomatoes did that, and then IMDb does other stuff, and eight billion Oscar blogs <laughs> do another thing, and Wikipedia maybe uh, serves as a function, and used to have all of that in sort of this one-stop shop that was also a huge tastemaker at the time in EW. So uh, just incredibly important. Uh, We're excited to bring you these five episodes. We've got a couple guests uh, lined up, which we're not going to tell you about, but uh, stay tuned to our Twitter. We'll announce them when when the episode is impending. We're very excited about that. Uh, but we can tell you about all the movies because we've uh, we've revealed all that on Twitter so far. So, Chris, we're starting with the spring movie preview from 2002. Uh, Chris, what, what are we doing? Le Room de Panique. <laughs> yes. Famous French cinema, uh, Le Room de Panique. We're doing Panic Room. We're doing David Fincher, Jodie Foster, Jared Leto with some cornrows, uh, 11-year-old Kristen Stewart. Who visibly ages on screen? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, big he built Fincher built a big old townhouse. I don't want to get into it too much because we are uh, just about to record that episode. We're very excited about that one. Um, lots of fun moving parts, specifically the camera. Um, lots of fun moving parts with that episode. There's a lot to dig into and. Uh, EW in early 2002, like just a few months after, you know, 9-11, when the entertainment world was very much in flux. Um, very interesting time to talk about. Such a weird, not 9-11, 9-11 movie. Yes. Yes. As quite a few movies around that time were, I will say. There was, you you know, certain movies sort of took on an added dimension, which is interesting. Uh, for our summer movie preview edition... We are going as as recent as we're going to get on this on, in this series, all the way to 2006. Ron Howard's The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> yes, Da Vinci. Uh, very excited slash scared to delve Less back than into. Excited to just watch this movie. Sure. again. Uh, but a uh, lot of interesting but, things. We'll never be sad to talk about a Hanks joint. I also think we're that uh, I'm excited for that episode though, because the Da Vinci Code is like the most EW movie we're doing. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Very commercial. Obviously, the book was also a big thing. People forget that like Entertainment Weekly had a fairly sort of robust uh, book section every week, and um, you know. A lot of a uh, lot of pop culture stuff. That was really that book was a was a phenomenon at the time, and the movie was very very highly anticipated. And again, we're maybe stretching the boundaries of Oscar buzz, but like 
Ron and Howard. yet we are not, though. We'll get into it during the episode. Yeah. There's yeah. not anyone saying it's a good movie, but right. like this is one of those movies that was like almost an Oscar nominee. Yeah, yeah. All right. For our fall movie preview, we kind of gave the game away on that one. We're doing Ransom. We're giving back his son. We are we are giving back his son, uh, his son being uh, a ransom episode, and we're giving it back to you. Yes, um, probably going to be our most catty episode, given the Oscar context in which that movie happens. Yes, <laughs> very true. Uh, not not in any way an endorsement of that film's lead actor, but like, what a uh, spoiler alert! But like, I f- I find that movie to be quite an enjoyable little pop boiler of a film and spoiler alert that ensemble is like really incredible we really don't even have to talk that much about the dreaded mel gibson it'll be our second uh renee russo delroy lindo joint after uh after get shorty very excited for that love both of them uh, then we'll move on to the holiday movie preview, which was always a fun way of gussying up the fact that they couldn't really do a January-February movie preview because there was usually just crap <laughs> released in the first two months of the year every year. So instead of that, they sort of doubled down on the fall movie preview and they really sort of focused on uh, just the it holiday It allowed season. like the kind of... It allowed a, a few things, I think. I think it allowed... You know, to spread the wealth for yes. some movies beyond the fall movie preview. Yes. It allowed them to respond to things like Toronto. And that's exactly it. The the, the calendar right. shifts like you're so saying. much in that late stretch of the year. It allowed for sort of late breaking Oscar stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's both a doubling down and a an expansion. And we'll definitely talk about that in the guise of our film that we will be covering, our cover movie from 1993, The Great, The Pelican Brief. I'm, I'm so very excited, excited to I'm talk so about excited. this issue. I'm this so issue, excited. Uh, well, I, and uh, it, it, I think listeners are probably most excited for us to talk about this movie of all of them. We've done Grisham before. Yes. Um, also, like, uh, we're talking real big bona fide movie stars who are still fucking movie stars it's a it's a fascinating julia roberts era i never tire of talking about julia roberts's career because it's such an interesting arc we've we've talked about her before and we've gotten into it but i'll definitely get into it again like early 90s julia roberts was a roller coaster ride and um yeah uh lots to talk about uh you know, and uh, we we won't stop there because we already have a winner of our listeners' choice, and uh, that movie is Notting Hill. It's interesting how, because of the sort of um, strictures of this miniseries, where we'd only really had a handful of movies to choose from, we're going to end up doing back to back Ron Howard's followed by back to back Julia Roberts's, which is yes. uh, really interesting because normally we like to spread these things out and. By the time the listener's choice poll was even a couple hours old, it became clear that we were going to do a double Julia Roberts no matter what, because the two far and away favorites in the poll were Notting Hill and Mary Riley. And uh, we'll get into it in the episode. I don't want to get into too far into the poll, uh, but but, uh, Notting Hill bested Mary Riley and... The Devil's Own, which was my vote, and um, 
Uh, wait, what was the fourth one? The Russia House. Right! Oh, poor Michelle Pfeiffer. That movie never really had a chance, unfortunately, because it's the one that I least think people it's remember. because the listeners remember our bad Sean Connery accents from our Finding Forrester episode, and they said, not again. <laughs> they said, niet, to that. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, unfortunately, maybe in, you know, a few years when, you know, perhaps international tensions have died down, we'll... We'll, uh, we'll we'll check back into the house uh, and and we'll see what's going on. Because I would love to do that because of that movie I've never seen. I remember the ads for it when I was a very little kid and was always sort of curious about it. It was a Golden Globe nominee, I'm fairly certain. And, you know, interested in that. But we'll be talking about Notting Hill, Horse and Hound. Who doesn't love that? I also love this EW cover so much that, like, we'll definitely have to get into because it's the summer of Phantom Menace, and on the cover it says, oh yeah, and Star Wars, but there's no, like, photos from Star Wars, too. I mean, 1999 in general, you know, what a year. What a what an amazing year. We'll definitely get a chance to talk about that. Have, you know, no shortage of celeb talk, obviously, with Hugh Grant and, again, Julia Roberts at the end of the 90s now, which is a whole other, you know, uh, narrative for her. So we're all very excited. Five really interesting, dare I say it, uh, movies, but also um, discussions, I think, to be had. So can't wait for you guys to hear it. We can't wait to talk about it. So I feel like that's a good sign. And yeah, another exciting May miniseries, Chris. We will uh, have you guys back very soon. Yes, uh, Panic Room coming up. Not sure what day up. this is going to uh, drop. Be sure to watch Panic Room before we talk about it. I'm sure you've seen it already. Yes. Uh, Joe, anything before uh, we end the little mini episode? No, I mean, you know, In is, uh, this had Oscar buzz. Uh, five minutes ago is, um, I guess, the focus miniseries on this at Oscar Buzz. <laughs> and out, unfortunately, is uh, is uh, Naomi Watts. So, sorry. Uh, no, I wouldn't be so mean to Naomi Watts. I don't know. I just wanted to make a Shaw Report joke. I didn't think it through. Well done. <laughs> it's a good one. Great. All you right. You did a great job. All right. Panic Room in a couple days. We'll see you guys soon.